Welcome to the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. You are about to listen to an episode of the Audio Signals Podcast with Marco Ciappelli. In this new season, Audio Signals is repositioning its antennas, focusing not just on the stories, but on the storytellers. In our modern hybrid analog digital society, the art of storytelling has never been more vital or displayed such a diverse array of forms. Recognizing this, our conversations will spotlight the narrators, providing a unique exploration into the minds behind the narratives. From authors to podcasters, visual artists to songwriters, and everything in between, we will engage with all who contribute to this extraordinary tapestry of human experience. We are all made of stories after all. Hello, everybody. This is Marco Ciappelli. Welcome to another episode of Audio Signals podcast, where we talk about stories, storytelling in general, and most of all, lately, about the storytellers behind the story. Because, you know, you need somebody that actually share those, come up with it in a creative way. Sometimes we're driven by pure entertainment. Some other times I feel like we're driven by um, a deeper reason, like a vision or a mission that we want to change something in the world. I have the feeling that this conversation is about a little bit of this and a little bit of that. There's going to be a lot of uh, conversation about performance, about music, about storytelling, and um, as usual, enough about me chatting uh, for people... <laughs> For people watching, they can see the Reverend Billy is here with me. And for those listening, here it is. Uh, Reverend Billy, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Marco. I'm very excited about this. And it's going to be a, a journey of discovery for me as well, as I didn't really know about what you do until I got contacted. So I'm uh, I'm all excited and all open to learn about who is Reverend Billy to get started, and then we go into what you do. And in in trying to describe what I do and uh, coming up with it, my own self induced biography, <laughs> I, uh, I I hope that I learned something about you and and about myself as well. Yeah, because uh, you know, I know you're a mystery, but I'm I'm a mystery to myself. Agreed. You know, I start with who are you? And many times I hear like, wow, that's philosophical because I'm not really sure. So, well, we'll, we'll try to, to nail it down to what characterize you instead of who are you? How about that? <laughs> well, we are in New York City, which is where I'm speaking to you from. We have a group of people, about 50 of us or so, really dedicated doing a couple things every week together. It's called the Church of Stop Shopping. And I am the preacher of this, of this secular, uh, anti-consumerist, uh, earth-defending, uh, we're basically wacky environmentalists. And we're here in the middle of 10 or 20 million people, depending on where you put the city limits. And it's, it's <laughs> um, not a lot of environmentalists here. You know, we're, we're a city city. And uh, in California, you've got a mountain at the end of the road. You know, you've got an ocean over there. Uh, 
or a desert if you're in the other direction, but, but, but the natural world is very, very much at hand. And where I live, I can, uh, I can take a subway for about 45 minutes and I'll be in Coney Island. <laughs> yeah. In the other direction, I can take a subway for about an hour and 15 minutes and I'll be in Times Square. In another direction, uh, subway for a while, then wait in line, pay money, take a boat, and I'll be at the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> so uh, having a kind of earth-centered, worried about climate change, trying to develop um, healthy ecosystems, pushing back against the toxins, the bad-behaving corporations, and so forth, it's a little bit unusual to do that here. But we take that as, uh, you know, we love New York and we take that as our challenge. And as befits New York, we're performers. So we, we're on stage all the time and we have uh, award-winning singers in our group. We call it the Stop Shopping Choir. 35 singers get up there and sing about the earth. Uh, some of us are better activists than we are singers. You know, the people who join a, join the church to stop shopping. Some of them come through the, the activist door and they teach the musicians how to, how to deal with the police, how to, you know, rope a dope the problems of being in public space, shouting about the earth, oftentimes going in into onto private property of um, misbehaving corporations like JP Morgan Chase and, you know, the fossil fuel banks. That's very big here. Um, and then, and then people come in the, through the, the, the uh, environmental door. Uh, I mean, the musical door. They teach the activists to sing. So, uh, the activists and the musicians are uh, always in a state, a dynamic state of teaching each other. And I'm the preacher, so I, I get to tell the stories in a preacherly fashion. We're secular, we're not religious, but we use, you know, I sometimes I resemble Jimmy Swaggart. Sometimes I, I you know, I I love to get up there and preach, Marco. And so, <laughs> you know, it's we kind of use uh the shape of a of a religious ceremony as a um kind of a basis for our our show on stage takes about 75 minutes. And our show on the sidewalks and streets and in the lobbies of bad banks, well, that's all different kinds of times, time frames. You know, sometimes it's very quick when the police show up and kick us out. Wow. It's it's I, I cannot think actually a better way to 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 do it as a preacher because if you love the planet Earth. And it's 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 important. It's a it's a religion in in a way. It's a secular religion, but it is. So I, I love that. But I want to go to the beginning of this because I was doing a little bit of research, and I think if I'm not wrong, you started in 1999 with this or around that time. I was time. starting it in the late 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how how tell me about the the the, the origin the origin story about how you come up with this idea and you started doing this well i was uh i was raised by abusive right-wing christians and uh uh up in holland michigan 
Dutch Calvinists. And uh, they are, you know, believers in the, uh, the Bible. What are they called? Uh, the people who believe that the Bible, every sentence of the Bible comes straight from God and it's all true. Even if it conflicts with stuff on the previous page of the Bible, it's all true. <laughs> <laughs> so I was raised by in his own way. It's still true. Right? <laughs> I was raised in that kind of, you know, and a lot of Americans have been. So I'm not saying I'm all that special, but I, I, I was afraid of Christianity, basically. And then I was all of a sudden I met this this gentleman up in San Francisco. I was a theater producer and a lot of the people that I produced were storytellers. Um, Spalding Gray. And uh, Danny Glover reciting um, Langston Hughes poems. And, you know, I, I produced uh, uh, people who got up there by themselves and held the stage by themselves and told a story. That's, that, that's what fascinated me. Sold a lot of tickets up there in the Bay Area. Well, then this one person shows up and uh, takes me out to lunch. And <laughs> um, he's a a priest from the Episcopal church. And he says, don't be afraid of Christians. Don't be afraid of all that. Uh, they're doing what they can just, uh, you know, we have lots of different religions in our culture here in the United States. And some people call it a Christian country, but it's everybody now. So just take it easy, you know, and he kind of mellowed me out. And then he said, you know, Americans get their meaning of their lives from Bible stories. And uh, he said, check it, check it out. And so he started taking me to Clint Eastwood movies, like High Plains Drifter is a Bible story. It's a Jesus story. Mysterious man comes to town. Everybody falls in love with him. They want, they want him to save them from the wicked gangsters. You know, it's, it's all very, and he, he does miracles, you know, selectively kills the evil people and delivers everybody and then he leaves and nobody can remember his name. You know, he's like this mystical force. And then some, uh, this man's name who uh, I should say this man's name um, from California who revolutionized my life, revolutionized my life and took me to the idea of Reverend Billy. His name is Sidney Lanier, Reverend Sidney Lanier. And so he took me back to New York uh, where where he had been a priest when he was a priest and uh, before he quit the priesthood. And he, uh, or was he defrocked? That's a question. <laughs> <laughs> Leave a little bit of mystery there. Yeah. He did. Uh, but he uh, he was a radical here in New York when he was here. He he ripped out the altar of of the of the church where he was a vicar and he brought in um, the studio and the method actors, and he brought in, he, he turned it into a, uh, a theater. It was a theatrical church. So I was, the, I, I worshiped there for a while when I was still trying to be a Christian in some way. And I would, I would get on my knees for the, the, the blood and the body of Christ, get on my knees. And I'd be in the middle of that week's play. I might be in the middle of a Sam Shepard set, or, you know, I might be in the middle of a, uh, um, an Arthur Miller play, and the set would be all around us, not not a not a not an altar. So he adjusted the storytelling of the preacher toward the stories that come from plays. But he thought he could combine the two, 
and he succeeded to some extent, I would say. So he took me, he took me back to how, um, how stories come, emanate from, uh, from worship, from being, being, uh, and then of course I, I never really got back to church, Marco. My worship turned out to be forests and deserts and wetlands and oceans. And my, my church is, is the earth. I never yeah. really became a believer uh, in that old way. And I don't think he was either. He was a secular type ex-priest. And he passed away recently um, in uh, Santa Barbara. Okay. Just north of L.A. Where are you right now, Marco? Yeah, I'm in you, the L.A. area. Are you in Silver I am in Lake? The LA. I am not. I'm on the other side, more in the San Fernando Santa Monica. Valley area. Nope. On the other side of the mountain, so San Fernando oh. area, Burbank. Oh, San oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Oh. But I, I did, uh, I did spend a lot of time down in the on the in the South Bay or Mosa Beach and Manhattan Beach, and oh, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. originally from Italy, from Florence, as you can probably tell from the accent. But uh, yeah, so you know, I, I, <laughs> I was listening to you, and 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 I am seen, seen. This is how I am. I I watch. I say I like to watch uh, TV on the radio. Like I like to imagine things when people tell me stories. Oh, so yeah. I, I am envisioning this this church where you guys are acting, and and I'm thinking like all the stories, they're connected together by you know the the, the archetype. Like you, you talk about the Bible and how even the character of in a movie uh, like Clint Eastwood is the story of. You know, maybe the he has a lot of Jesus stories, right? But but they're they're all stories that if you look at the archetype of how we tell story, you can find that in uh, in Star Wars. You can find that in the the Disney story. So yes, yes, right. So, but then we we do find a different way to to dress them up and to and to and to share them. But at the core, there's always some kind of hero, some some kind of problem, some kind of enemy any in your case you you decided that your background was going to be also a mission and and a vision yeah. to to make a change because that's that's what you're doing yeah. um how so at the beginning was pr- pretty much you I, i'm guessing and were you just like uh, going we in, really at the corner of the street sure i was out there by myself for years okay Sydney advising me and so forth and I, I was in uh, Times Square a right. lot with, with the other crazy preachers. But then Sydney, <laughs> Sydney started saying, Sydney started saying, Times Square is near the church where he did his experiment of tearing out the altar, St. Clement's uh, on Restaurant Row, 46th Street. But he, he said, choose a devil and mm. uh, we, we, uh, we need we need to make up a kind of secular theology uh, to tell that story, and so the devil uh, was Mickey Mouse, and Disney is a one hundred percent sweatshop company and a union busting company, bad behaving company, and so he put me Sydney put me right there in front of the 
Times Square Disney store. And, uh, you know, that was for, that was where I learned to preach on the sidewalk, which is a very difficult thing to pull off. It's, you really have to, as they, as, as the preachers say, you have to get your whoop, like Whoopi Goldberg, whoop, you have to get your whoop. So I was out in front there and the first, the first several months, all I could do was get hoarse. I'd lose my voice because the white noise level in Times Square is so high. Mm-hmm. But after a while, Sydney worked with me. After a while, you know, I was standing in front of the Disney store. Don't bring your child into this den of iniquity. There's nothing on these shelves but sweatshop products. $29.95 for a Pocahontas pajamas. What is that? 14-year-old girls in Tanzania working all night for nothing. You know, that, that kind of thing. And so I scared some tourists away from that. I would <laughs> arrest me once in a while. I'd go to jail for overnight. But I could feel something was happening. And when, mm. I, when I really got my whoop after like a year or so, then uh, people, and I really, I really had my rhythm. And I, uh, people would be sitting on cars and they would, they would uh, a little group would come around me. And then I'd look back and there'd be like three or four people kind of going, oh, and, and, and we, we, we started getting a kind of a gospel environment going on. And uh, um, that was the birth of the Stop Shopping Choir. Now I have 35 singers and we perform in the public theater down here where Hamilton came from. Oh, yeah. and, uh, you know, we have a Tony nominee in our choir. We have a Grammy winner in our choir. Uh, we, we, we have some really good, really good singers. We have some really good storytellers. We make our own songs up. You know, we, we don't adopt other people's songs. We compose our own songs. So let, let me ask you this. So the, the, I love the fact that you're performing. I mean, people listening or watching, they can actually understand exactly what you do. Uh, so you were improvising uh, at the beginning, right? You, you were just going there and, I mean, you had a theme. You were going, you choose a corporation and then you, I mean, you were going for to lose your voice. You were going for, I'm assuming, hours doing this yes yes the preacher, right? preacher preacher has boundary issues preachers just keep going you have to, <laughs> you have to put them in jail <laughs> but but you what i'm saying is you you were just improvising uh, lines and I'm, I'm sure maybe you had a script in your head but then you pass from that to working with other people so you become some sort of a director some sort of a you're well, the leader the at that point. I fell in love with a woman named Savitri right at about the point when I had got my whoop. I, I started hanging out with this lady who turned out was a talented theatrical director. Oh, and so uh, Savitri and I, 20 years later, we have a 13-year-old daughter and we have this, this big rousing group of New Yorkers uh, who go into Times Square and just shout and shout and shout. And uh, then we go into the concert stage for a while and uh, the serious artists listen to us. And then we 
go back out to risk arrest. So it, 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 uh, sometimes we go straight from the concert stage and, and, and sovereignty leads us. We had a, um, one of our local performers, a man named Jordan Neely was a Michael Jordan, uh, Michael, uh, Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson imitator and excellent dancer. And he made his living in the subways, ma mainly, um, uh, well, especially I, I always used to see him in the train that I take from Brooklyn, which is the F train. And and um, Jordan was um, uh, killed by a soldier um, because he was having some issues. You know, he was behaving in not exactly a sociable way. But that happens all the time on the subway. And this, so, this soldier must be from the suburbs or something. I don't know. He thought it, it was threatening. Nobody else did. But uh, we we went. Our favorite place to perform is the, is the public theater, Joe's Pub, right over here on Lafayette Street in Astor Place. You know New York? A little, a little bit. I haven't been there in a while. But yeah. Well, it's right. It's just a few blocks from the Broadway Lafayette subway where the F train, which yep. is where where. Jordan was killed. And uh, so we went right out of the right out of the theater after our 75 minutes on stage and went right down Lafayette Street uh, singing. And we we went down into the train uh, train station and sang and sang and sang. Uh, that was last. Uh, Jordan was killed last May. So there's a little bit of a tragedy here. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it, does it, you said something that it kind of touched me. Like if you are a New Yorker, you're not bothered by this thing. You you know that, that, that there is that. And like I said, I spent some times in New York. There is the, there are the performers. I mean, I remember walking in Central Park and hearing unbelievable music, comedians and, and all of that. And, but somehow you said, you mentioned this, this person that, then killed your your performer, your friend. It wasn't even from there, and it wasn't part of the vibe. Yeah, so no, I, I don't know if I'm going somewhere with this, but you become part of the city, and and you accept so much more than what you would do in a in the suburb. Well, we know we know that for evolution, you have to have mutation, and there are stray radicals that don't they don't necessarily fit, although. He 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 grounded his basic gestures in this most famous of all people, Michael Jackson. He looked like Michael Jackson, and he was very good at it. And then he would go from there. You know, he would go from there. It wasn't just it wasn't just the superstar. It was it was this individual duetting with with Michael Jackson. And so we know that we know that in New York you're going to get scared once in a while because you're making new culture. That's the job of this place. And I think that's a that's a, that's about our activity in public space, like subways. Uh, we're a walking city. We're canyons of, of buildings, and we're always like walking into each other and knocking each other over. And what the hell? What do, hey, watch where you go. Hey, hey, hello. You know, you know, we're we're constantly you, 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 if you land in LaGuardia Airport. And you you come out of your gate, you know, from your airplane, you get, you get 
New Yorkers who are listening to me right now know exactly what I'm talking about. You, 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 you get hit by other people's luggage and they knock you over. They're like, like glad to be home in New York. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to make it to baggage claim here. Right. You know, but you love that you're back, you know, that, that it is that crowded and that, that there's so many strong-willed people uh, who are just a little bit less polite than perhaps they should be on some occasions. But yeah, uh, Jordan Neely, um, we named uh, Forest down in East River Park. We named the forest the Jordan Neely Memorial Grove, mostly red oaks there by the East River. And uh, now they, they're trying to cut those trees down. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, the, 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 um, the people... The people that make trouble are sometimes the people that um, later on you realize how badly you needed them, how badly mm. you you want them. And a lot of them are storytellers. They, yeah, let, let's go there. Let's go on the storytelling part of things. But I have a question. Do you think you could do what you do and and to have the, the, the crowd that follows you, that joined you on this mission if you were in another city or in the United States? Or do you think that it, it's it's intrinsic to to New York, kind of what you do? Uh, well, Salvatry's from Taos, New Mexico. Um, she grew up on the, the uh, Lama Mountain north of Taos, and then she moved to Charlottesville. And I lived mostly in Minnesota and South Dakota. So we both, we both had, uh, uh, we're both Western people with, a, with uh, you know, the, the beauty of Northern New Mexico up there and then uh, South Dakota, the prairies. And they both, both places have a strong native history down in New Mexico. The, uh, the Hopi people, the Zuni people, the Apache people, the Navajo people. Uh, up where I was a kid, um, the Ojibwe and the Lakota and the Mandan, the Harakara, the Sioux Indians, the, the, the big nation. If the big nation down, down in New Mexico and Arizona is, are the Navajos, I, the, 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 big, the, big, the big nation, the big Indian nation up where I lived would be the Sioux nation. Uh, and they both have their own... Um, story of resisting the invading white man so that we brought we we ended up in new york and but but the two of us bring with us a an exposure to religiosity that just you just can't help but right but, but where, where i was going with that and i love that because i, I want to go into the storytelling and what you incorporate because i can see all this legend and and spiritual uh, you know, mm. thinker from the, the the Hopi, the Navajo, and all the the tribe, but the the audience. I'm thinking the audience that you have in the street of New York. I just don't see it in LA. I don't see it. Uh, I don't know in a city in Europe. Maybe London. I don't know. I'm just thinking about this cultural environment that is more receptible to to having street performer. Maybe it's just me yeah, thinking yeah. this. I don't know. Well, it's very much a um, in London, we are in, we go to London whenever we can. You do? Okay. We have a stop shopping choir there. Okay. 
of 30 singers. Nice. But they don't, they don't have a Reverend Billy. Uh, so <laughs> you, can, you cannot clone yourself? Well, you get your own Reverend Billy, but they, they, they say, <laughs> we don't have one yet. So, so uh, uh, but they, uh, they rehearsed last night, Monday night. Okay. Very so, cool. yeah. All right. So tell me about the stories that you, that you share and how do you build them and how you create them with the music and the singer. You say you all come together. Somebody's better at one thing. Somebody's better at another, but you all come together in, in a, in a body of performer. Well, in my, in my talks, um, sometimes I'll, I'll use a structure from uh, my own childhood. Um, recently, I, a, couple, a couple of my sermons ended with a story of when I was five years old and I was intrigued. I kept asking my mother, what is inside the darkness there at the end of the trumpet? We had a trumpet hanging in the wall from my father in his days in a high school marching band. And I, I said, well, what's in there? And, and she, she was amused. And then um, after, after my mother passed away, I had this dream of um, being just a little one, like, I don't know, five, six years old and kindergarten age, you know. And I'm, I'm holding her hand, so she's just in her, She's just like not even 30 yet in the dream. And we're walking. And I remember looking up at her and smiling. And we walk. And there before us is the bell of a trumpet. And that flare at the end of the trumpet. And we, uh, mother just takes me right up the slope of the trumpet into the darkness. <laughs> and we walked. And we walked in the darkness and I felt secure because I had my mother's hand. And then it opened up again. It must have been the music inside the instrument. It opened up again. And there inside was this brilliant meadow and forests and vivid leaves waving in the wind and uh, hawks flying overhead and uh, butterflies and birds and flowers tossing in the wind and the meadows and uh, just a magic, magic land. We were walking on this little country road together. And then um, we walked and walked and I was so happy and my mother was happy. And then it started, the light started dimming again. And we were walking back into the darkness. And uh, I, I started getting a little bit scared. Mom, what's, where are we going? Oh, don't worry, Billy. Just keep walking. Keep walking. Whatever happens, just keep walking. And we kept walking into the darkness until it was pitch black, just dark. Kept walking and kept walking. And then I realized my mother wasn't there. And I remembered her instruction. Keep walking. 
And that's what I did. I walked and walked. And then I thought it was getting light again. Wow. You sure know how to tell a story. Mm. Captivating. So how do you add the rest of the group to, I mean, this is, I, I'm assuming this is the, the core story that you're going with. And then do you add music to it? Do you add performing art around you? Or is it just something like this that you just say alone? You, you know. Well, uh, the I'm never alone up there because the the the, the uh, when we're when we're in our storefront when we're in our church which is on Avenue C in Alphabet City East Village, um, the then the it's it's casual and it's open and and there might be 50, 60, 70 people there but we we can just walk out among the, the choir can walk out among the the the, the congregants and sit down. And uh, just leave me up there. Now we're we're at this uh, this fancy theater um, in the public theater here, Joe's Pub, and uh, you can't leave the, the stage because <laughs> there's all. A, all so you you adapt. So you adapt yourself, and and the whole performance. You have to adapt if you are in the middle of the street. You have to adapt if you are in a mall. You have to adapt. You are, exactly. You adapt to, to the Does setting. it change quite a quite a bit? Do you have to script the change, or the group knows more or less how to be flexible? Well, right now, that? right now, um, the charged stages, which are out in public space, like like a park, uh, like uh, the front door of a uh, a polluting company like J.P. Morgan Chase or BlackRock or Citibank, um, the, the various places that you can go, they're changing a lot right now, Marco, because um, there are thousands of people marching in the street right now. We're in a very special moment. I don't know when this show will be uh, aired, but this is, this is December 12th. So October yep. 7th was two months ago. And uh, it's just as fresh as can be. It, it's like Black Lives Matter. It's like Occupy Wall Street. It's it's a it's a it's a major convulsion. Um, nobody's staying indoors right now. Everybody's out on the streets, and as a result, streets, public space is where the public plaza in front of the city buildings, you know, the government buildings. Uh, that's where revolutions happen. That's where change takes place and all around the world and like a hundred different countries, this is going on, but it's definitely going on in New York where the most Palestinians outside of Palestine live and where the most Jews outside of Israel live. So we're, we're, we're very involved in a, a family argument here in New York right now. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, we come from all kinds of backgrounds in the, in the church of stop shopping including uh, Hindu, Muslim, but especially Christians and Jews. But we're all uh, not religious anymore. We're basically resisting our grandparents' fundamentalism. 
Mm-hmm. And we think that the the major church, the major fundamentalist church in the United States is consumerism. Stop shopping, Marco. Back away from the product, my child. So how do people contribute to to the cows? It's like it, there's some people become part of the of the singing group, the musician, the performer. I'm sure you have also other people to say, you know what? I love what Reverend Bill is doing. I love what they're doing. I saw them. I listened to them. And I, I'll be sure to have all the link to, to your website. And so people can really see if they don't Thank know you. you. But but how can they? I mean, what, what are you looking for right now? Apart from keep doing what you've been doing, that you clearly have an unbelievable passion for it and a talent for storytelling. Uh, if people want to get involved, what can they do? talk to us you know stop shopping our our our, <laughs> our website is revbilly.com there it is next to my chin right there on the on the screen yep uh the uh we're pretty open we're pretty out there we we uh we just accept the you know we have a storefront right on the on the it's a converted bank ironically enough it's right on Avenue C and there it is. It's right on a, a supporter, like uh, rents it to us at a cut rate. And uh, uh, the door is always open. People just walk in um, and we don't, we're not careerists. We don't, we don't separate from uh, the hoi polloi. We, I don't think it's a time in the, in the art world, it's not a good time to be uh, have a prestigious position that's removed from people because the crisis of the earth and the crisis of humanity uh, is, uh, is not something you're going to get away from. You know, the, I know the wealthy people think that they can uh, hop on a, in a spaceship with Al, mm. Ellen Ma, Musk and go to Mars. But in fact, you know, we're not going to even be able to get to Long Island. We won't be able to get to San Fernando. We, we're not going to, you're not going to get up the grapevine. You're not, there's no, there's no escaping. It's the earth. It's the earth. The earth is in the sixth extinction. It's in a state of fast evolution, lots of death, lots of life. Um, the, the, the book is being rewritten and the stories will be changing. Uh, so, um, we we uh, we it, we let it be rough, Marco. We let it be rough. We let we let the the Jordan Neelys come in and you know uh, scream if they need to. Um, mm. That makes that makes my stories sharper. It makes the songs better. We have one song. Maybe you can um, play it in the course of your. It's called "The Great Outdoors," and uh, uh, Neil Young made it a the the song of the week on his uh on his website cool what did you do to the great outdoors and and it's a it's a it's a punk from the future who is appearing in the doorway of some consumer tourists and she demands to know where is the earth i want to go for a hike what did you do to the Mm -hmm. earth and you, you uh, 
And it's sung in our performances by Francisco, Fra Francisca Benitez from Chile. And uh, she just gives it this, this very special flavor. Uh, so we will, have, we will have prophetic songs. We will have songs like science fiction. That song takes place in 2044. Uh, that, that punkette, the tattooed punkette in the doorway, the terror of the middle class. She sings, I am the ex in extinction, you fool. You know, she's scary. I, 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 that's such a visual song that I, I, I think it's going to yeah. be a movie, movie someday. I hope so. Yeah. One last, one last question. You, you've done this since 1999. You've met so many people. You had different changes, experience. You've been to jail. <laughs> been in. Do you feel something is changing for the best? Do you think we are awakening as uh, as humanity? Uh, given we have a ton of problem, but is your vision the one of the punk singer that come back and say? You ruined it. What the hell did or, you do? Or do you, or do you have, or do you, or do you bring it to the extreme in your storytelling, so that you move people? But inside, are you, are you still positive? Right, right now we're we're in hell. We're in Marco. Right now, you've got a good Christian name, Marco. Well, we're <laughs> uh, we've got the International Climate Conference in Dubai. The host is an oil executive. He invites everybody there. He pays for it. And then it's like, it's a joke. He says, and by the way, I don't believe in the climate science. I don't believe it's really happening. I don't believe we'll ever get to 1.5 Celsius. I don't think, you know, you know, he, it's a cruel joke that he's turned this worldwide conference. And he invited 2,500 people from oil companies and, and it's like a feast. It's like the triumph of fossil fuel over the people who, the scientists and the people who are, who are trying to, to save the animals and plants and trying to save their own children. And then just across the way from the Arabian desert, you have, of course, the, um, the two tribes there that are now in full, full, It's just so sad. I'm going to start crying. It's a, uh, um, it's a hard time to make a, a, an optimistic scenario. Uh, right now we have to go, we have to go down into how we got to this place where we have the wrong people in charge. We, we have, the wrong people have weapons in their hands and gas and oil, billions of dollars in their hands. And um, we, we have not been political in the way that we should have been. We didn't know when to stop them. We let it keep going. We, let our, we allowed ourselves to be depoliticized by, by consumerism and, and uh, by nationalism and religion and these all these fundamentalist belief systems that don't apply anymore. They're just dangerous. Now we have to be peacemakers and to be a peacemaker is to be a radical.
is to really reinvent your story and to share it with the people around you and to accept the details of their stories. I think it's a time, a time of, uh, to be a radical again. We forget that the freedoms that we enjoy right now here being on this podcast, the freedoms that we enjoy come directly from people that were considered crazy. They were considered dangerous. And a lot of them got killed. Uh, but, but the movements, think of the abolition of slavery. Think of the labor movement. Think of the suffragette movement, getting the women the vote. Think of the labor movement. Think of the civil rights movement, the peace movement, the women's movement, the ACT UP. Think of all the movements. And, and they always had people who were willing to take the big risk. And, and we're getting to that place now. People are dying as we speak, Marco. I mean, right now, it's just a time of great mortality, mass mortality, ongoing. And it's so much of his children. Looking into those children's eyes is something we're all doing right now. All of us. We can't avoid it. And it, it, it is changing us. We're in a state of change right now. Just, just talking about myself with this history, <laughs> you wanted to go back to my origins. I feel like my origins are right here, right now. Mm. I, I, think it, I think it goes the other way. <laughs> I think this is my history, and it goes, time goes backwards towards the, the other direction. I, I, uh, I think it is that radical. It is, that's, like a, that's like the science fiction story, right? What I just said, time going backwards. Uh, that that's 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 exactly what's happening. So I, I agree. I agree with you. I, I think what your picture is, it's very moving. Again, you're, you're an amazing storyteller. You're very passionate. You're not just doing it for, uh, you know, the, some some economic gain or celebrity status. I mean, I can tell and people that watch the video listen to you. I know you can you can tell this. And I love this. I want to end with this because I could go forever, but you know we have a time limit, and maybe you'll come back again. But I'd love to, but, but I would love to end with this thing where I talk a lot about society and technology and artificial intelligence, generative AI. We never talk about ethics in technology as much as we're doing now. And I feel like it's a moment which connect with what you said that we really need to stop looking ourselves in the mirror and really maybe go back a little bit from, from the end to the beginning once more. So I, I love your metaphor of this sci-fi movie to like, I'm just born right now and then maybe I'll, I'll go back from now. I, I love that very, very much. So Billy, I enjoy very much to have you on. You've been moving me, and I think you've, you've been moving people listening, and I hope everybody's going to go check out your website, come and see you in the street, in the theaters, going in, uh, in the UK, where I'm glad to hear that you have something going on there, and uh, and share. Share the story, share what you do, and, and they can participate, donate, uh, come and sing with you. Why not? I, I think you will welcome that. Welcome to look us up here We're, we have starting in january 14th we'll have uh, we'll be here every sunday in the east village at 5 p.m at avenue c and east third street and you can get all the information at revbilly.com we're just going to be local all the way through we're not going to travel anywhere we're just gonna, all the way through to the end of the summer all the way through to august Seven and a half, seven months of just 
every Sunday, baby. I have made a mission to get myself in New York soon. If I come, I'll show come up. Visit. Right there, for sure. We got, got a couch here for you. You'll see me. You'll see me. All right. <laughs> Billy, thank you so much. Hallelujah. Thank you, everybody. Bye bye. Bye now. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Audio Signals with Marco Ciappelli. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then add this show to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and share the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to connect your brand to our conversations and our audience, visit itspmagazine.com to learn how to sponsor one or more of our shows. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey.